Hello. Hey, Merlin. How are you doing today? Way up there in fancy San Francisco. Good. Good. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty fancy. Yep. yep sun yep, is yep, out. Yep. Sun is shining. No, no. It's the usual. Uh, uh, well, you know, if it takes place last month, they call it Foggest. <laughs> That's the kind of thing we think is funny. It's the kind of thing we regard as funny around here. Uh, oh no, no. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a warm, quiet, cool, dry, humid uh-huh. morning here. The crepe myrtle, crepe myrtle are blooming. I'm doing Red Barber from the uh, the 1990s. Oh, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I uh, I slept really hard Did last you? night. Were you catching up on it? sleep, or were you? Uh, what was the story? You can't really catch up on sleep. We should talk. Let's about talk because I was under ah! the impression that you one could. Well, that's very interesting yeah. to me uh, that I was under that impression, or the topic in general. Both. I mean, for the purposes of having a, a career. Uh, what am I going to say? No, I won't discuss that. <laughs> no, I, um, let's see. I guess there's, there's a way we can make the show really, really uh, boring, but I say, I say play with, I want to play with you in the space. Yes. Um, uh, I think that's interesting. We've got sleep. We've got, uh, was there anything? I feel like there was something last week. Gosh, this is episode 590, Dan. Wow. We're that? almost at the big uh, six zero zero. Six double zero. Yeah. I don't I'm not a big celebrator of uh of Is there a certain so, number that you're looking for mm-hmm. that would potentially mean something to you, do you think, do you suppose? Two. Episode two? Well, I mean, I, I, I'm only partially joking. I'm doing that funny thing where I give you an answer that actually does okay. mean something, even though it sounds like a joke <laughs> answer. But the important thing about a podcast is having a second episode. It's even better if uh, you have a fifth episode, and that's the first one you ever put out. That's what I would do today. That's my that's my advice to my kids. Right. Record a bunch. Make sure you've got as much to say as you want. And uh, n- nobody asks me for advice about these things. But I I, I feel as a uh, uh, I don't think we say Mandarin anymore. That's racist. As a as a veteran of this racket, this crooked crooked racket in which we operate. Um, I think it is valuable to record a show until you have at least a couple you like. And then the trick inside the trick, the like, you know, the unplug it and blow out the dust part of it is, well, you'll also figure out the show. The show will tell you what it is if you record a few Mm -hmm. episodes. You know, as opposed to going out and like, again, I always think about that bit from the Honeymooners. The episode where, uh, I've told you this bit before, but uh, where where Jackie Gleason is going to be on Name That Tune. And Ed Norton is his piano player, helping him, uh, you know, practice. And uh, but but uh, Norton can't play any song until he's played um, the the beginning of a Stephen Foster song, and it drives Ralph crazy. And of course, the irony is, in the end, it's that Stephen Foster song that he can't identify. I named that tune. But um, you know, you're burning off a lot of uh, a word we used last week: uh, outgassing. You're outgassing a lot of your like. Okay, so this is our first episode of. Uh, you know, uh, murder mystery boys, and um, Todd couldn't be here today because um, you know. And, and they're like, oh, okay, get through right. all that, and then you go live w- with the show that sounds like what it is. And it takes it takes restraint and uh-huh. patience, but I think you should have to wear a, a shirt for a year with the tattoo you want on it. I think you should have to wear that every day before you're allowed to get a tattoo. And I think it's advisable for the same reason to make sure that you really want to do a podcast. Does it? Does it? Does it? These are these are all saying? good. Uh, what have you? Why does nobody ask, Dan? I used to be Merlin Man. I don't. That's back be when you used to talking to your uh, wallet. My shoe. Yeah. yeah. Now you got me doing <laughs> it. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. Wither Wither podcast. That's my. I mean, question, they're gone. Are know? they gone? Is it over? Ubi soon. I, 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 geez, man, I don't know. It's too much to talk about here. Um, let's see. What we talked about last week, we talked about digital versus analog struggle. We talked about your lead mm-hmm. holder. I've written down the three words and aroused dog. Oh, that's what about the that? lead. Do we want to talk about that? No. Well, no I mean, you that. know, are you, are you, are you dog sex negative? Yes. I'm just oh, negative on that, dogs in general. Oh, that's hey, a bye. bummer. Yeah, but they give us so much, and they're such good boys. I was watching a, um, 
I, I, it's a long story, but I've done some TV stuff recently. I've been doing a, a lot of stuff with TVs lately. And um, I have uh, Fubo, Fubo right now, in addition to uh, Hulu, Hulu and Hulu, Hulu and Fubo. I got the bundle. Anyways, I'm trying to figure out if we can just go all in on Fubo. I'm not really quite convinced yet. But those uh, are the little, the little things that the eyes open and close. They look like little gremlins almost. Yeah, Furbies. yeah, Furbos, yeah, Furbos, Furbo. Wait, is Furbo the name of a wait? <laughs> isn't that a developer? Yeah, that's, we know is Craig. No, uh, that's Chuck. Berry is Craig. Who's Furbo? Who's Furbo? That's a little thing that isn't talks. There a Furbo? Or is that his website? Hmm, I don't know. I think know. it's his website. Um. It could be his website. The oh, like Furbo.org yeah, or that's something. His thing. Okay, that's that makes sense. Writes, that makes uh, sense. Stuff. Chuck and Barry. You ever seen that guy? You ever seen how tall Very he is? Very tall person. He's but he's beautiful. He's also a lot quieter than his writing style. More, more he internalizes and, and he's funny. everything. I think. Oh, you're saying he swallows his feelings? Oh, well, don't we all? I, I'd swallow <laughs> your feelings, Dan. Oh, well, you know what? Let's start <laughs> over. Um, the I don't like any of that. Uh, very tall, very reserved, dry, drier sense of humor than you guess too. I, I love Mac developers; they're good people. They're the few, they smell the, pretty the proud, good. The few remaining. Um, I guess they mostly smell pretty clean. That that's valuable to me. Uh, they make apps. Um, but what were we talking about? Outgassing. You got to burn it off. You know that's one thing. Talking into my shoe. Uh, oh yeah, last week we we're talking about the dog penis and the outgassing. Mm-hmm. Um, continuing to now, I'm just at this point now. I'm just in my in my drawing journey. I'm I'm really just doing stuff in books. I'm I'm, I'm doing drawings. I'm you know, I've got that things. book. It's actually it was delivered. I got the notification. What? What it was delivered right when we were starting the show. It's on my porch right now. In case there's any the, the adorable porch pirates book? or whatever they're called. Wait, wait. The adorable well, the question. Oh, how to draw? Yeah, adorable? I showed it to I showed Aww. it to my daughter, and she looked at it. And well, I mean, I didn't show her the book. I showed her the no, no, but, but like what, what, and, and the thing is you can make stuff that love everything. My stupid goddamn kid likes to, to razz me. Cause like I made, made, might've made a crack last week about how I keep drawing these like babies with comb overs. That's all I can draw. And, um, now my kid likes to razz me about how everything I do looks like Stewie Griffin kind of see. And now I can't unsee it. Mm. Yeah. And, I mean, cause she's just starting with football with you or. My kid is not a drawer in that way. My kid uh, draws ironically, oh. does everything ironically, pretty much. Um, but uh, so, what else? was there anything else on there to follow up on? Well-defined edges, outsourcing. Uh, I do want to. I do want to talk week. a little bit if there's time at the end about the um, Nintendo. I, I'm Switch. I'm doing this because I have practically. Oh, nothing. good. Potato Switch. Yeah, the Potato Switch. Yep. That's like when you order hash browns and they give you home fries? That's called a bait and switch. Oh, I thought it's called a tate and switch. Oh, good one. Good one. I did find the bell. Do you have your bell? Funny. Yeah, I'm I'm in my uh, private office. Uh, I mean, how much? Well, give me a give me a note here. Like, what kind of reading? What what, what kind of ding you want? Like a quick one with a fast mute at the end. Oh, the uh, the Neil Mm -hmm. Pert. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Pretty, pretty purdy inspired bell ringing today. Pretty, pretty, pretty purdy. Uh, it's hard to do YYZ on a bell, especially if you don't remember how it goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always know I'm watching too much TV when I start making up lyrics for uh, uh, a theme that doesn't have lyrics. And uh, my newest one is Walking Dead, a dead, a walking dead, a dead, a walking dead, a walking dead, a dead, a walking dead. And it mostly fits. You, you see it yeah. like that. Walking data data, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm into um, well, well into season four now. So of which you know, of, it's starting of, wait, to get a little what? afraid. Walking oh, data oh, data, oh, oh. walking data. I've never, I've never yeah. seen a single episode of it, but here it's fantastic. If you like um, creepy jump scares. Anyway, I'm on season four of my rewatch. How is that? It? So that's going pretty. I mean, I'm watching it for like a multi-th time. Multi-th did you watch? Did time. you watch and finish Better Call Saul? I'm just curious. No, my um, my my lady friend did and loved it and was a little bit bummed that it didn't win stuff. Yeah, at the he was. Uh, last he night. should have. Uh, Odenkirk should have won. He looked a little he disappointed. Not as disappointed. I thought Reese Witherspoon actually looked kind of a little bit mad. Yeah, but I'm, but I, you know what? Of all the awards shows in many many years, I feel like I really enjoyed watching the Emmys last night with nice. my family. 
And we, I mean, uh, I'm going to say the same thing kind of two different ways. Uh, lots of people who we like won things. Um, and owing to that, this is, I mean, there were only a couple things where I was like, really? Maybe just because I didn't like Squid Game as much as other people. But like, like, I'm glad Squid, Squid Game, Game won. At all, dude. Well, but I'm excited. Like, I like the people on it. The, the, that actor and that actress that were on last night are, are terrific. But, you know, I, there were some things where I, I have my own, like, sort of, uh, I don't know. It's like when you want to win the lottery or something. Um, or, like, you know who was funny last night? Oh, God, who was it that was really funny? Oh, you know who it was? It was, um, oh, shoot, the guy, the, uh, the, the black guy that does that great stand-up special about coming out. Uh, he wore like the big white outfit. Oh gosh, his name's Spacing. I've only seen a little bit of his stuff, but he's he's a really good stand up and and storyteller. And when he came up to do his acceptance, he said he started. I laughed out loud, literally. He walks up and he goes, mm. um, he's he something like, yeah, <laughs> I uh, I really wanted to win this, and I won it. Like he just came up and said the thing that everybody's thinking, which is like, I really wanted right. to win this, and I'm glad right. I won. Sure. It. Um, but I like last night, lots, lots of good people. I think, you know, I love Ted Lasso as much as anybody, but like I could have done with what we do in the shadows, getting some more attention, but, uh, it's good. You know, anything, the rising tide raises all boats. Now, now, now the Jimmy Kimmel thing. Did you catch that? Do you watch Abbott Elementary? Uh, no, no, I haven't seen that either. Oh, it's delightful. Uh, it's, what is it like? It's, it's one of those shows where it, it, when you first watch it, you're kind of like, oh, is this going to be like a, I don't mean this. It reminds me a little bit of Modern Family. And Modern Family is not not a show I ever got super into. Modern Family for me was like a, a hotel room show where if it was on and there was nothing else I wanted to watch, I'd watch Modern Family. It's not my, really my jam. It has a Modern Family kind of feel. But the show, the showrunner, show creator, star, one of the writers is this this wonderful woman who won an award last night. But Jimmy Kimmel was very committed to a bit where he like laid on the stage right where she was coming up. He was supposed to be like drunk or something. And he just didn't get off the stage while she was doing her speech. And it was pretty lame. Is he like but, crowding her? Like looming? So the bit or? was, uh, who plays Job? The the guy who used to be married to Amy Poehler. Uh, Job. Uh, like from the Bible? You know I mean? Bo Bojack, horseman guy, drags jimmy kimmel out on stage and it's a haha bit the entire time that that bojack is doing the award jimmy kimmel is uh supine because he's supposed to be like passed out because he never wins i think the, the word you're looking for is sublime and so that just goes it goes and then the thing was in that that woman whose name is escaping me right now although i love abbott elementary she comes out she wins the award and she's this this tiny little beautiful effervescent like like, oh, you're so excited for this, this, this young, beautiful, young, uh, vivacious, exciting black girl to win this award. And Jimmy Kimmel, Kimmel's like, is committed to his bit. So he keeps act. He's, he's, he's he, she has to literally like get around him to get oh. to the mic. But Madeline killed it. And just for him, I didn't have any way to post this last night because I, I don't want to get a thing. But uh, Madeline had a great line and she says, uh, gave her a free line. Which is that's okay. I've been stepping over white guys my whole life. Oh, so, but yeah, rising tide. Anyway, we got a lot going on here. We're going to talk about sleep. We're going to talk about uh, dog pencils. Uh, and you had something about a a beard apron, um, and then oh, one other you thing. saw that. No. What um what what was the other thing you had at the top? <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna have to. I had to check out the links, you know. Sleep. Yeah. Sleep. I have some thoughts on sleep that I think are also relevant to a broader um, praxis Ooh. about uh, self-improvement. I'd like be happy to share. Like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a little, you know, I do what I do what I can. Um, and then what was the other thing? We've got sleep, catch up. The only uh, thing that's in there right now is the, the beard apron. The beer catcher. Yeah. Yeah, um, you, you had one thing uh, that you like to tell me about. Why don't we do that, and then we'll just we'll just blast on on through. We'll just we'll just speed Absolutely. run through. Uh, it's the optimistic day. Uh, gosh, it's almost the middle of September, and uh, I'd love to hear about something. I would you love like. to tell you about masterclass. So hey! here's the thing about masterclass: is that mm. the, every all of us, I think, the one thing that all of our listeners have in common. I was thinking about this yesterday. I was driving around, looking around at things. 
I think all of our all of our listeners have one thing in common, no matter what, no matter what their their um, their walk of life, their age. They're they're un- unemployable. They have two things in common. Um, <sighs> sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Masterclass is going to appeal to them because it's it's all about it's all about learning. It's all about learning. All our audience, our listeners, our people. You know what's important? You know what's important? I almost called you John. You know what's important, Dan, is lifelong learning. Lifelong learning. Not just not just learning that yeah. you do in school. Except at the, at the very end, you should take, take some time because you're going to die soon. But like up to the point where your life is almost over, as long as you life, I, I think it's a good idea to learn. And a lot of learning is learning about learning. That's a liberal oh, arts yeah. approach, which is that I don't even know what I don't know. I don't know about what I don't know. So sometimes certain kinds of learning, it doesn't make you an expert or a master, right. but it lets you know enough to know something you might be curious about or something you might not have known about that gives you a new frame on life. You don't have to become David Lynch to know that I'm always mentioning him in these bits or whomever, but um, I, I think you can learn a lot just by learning how, what other people do. And there are many lessons of many trades that are applicable in many, many places. Is my feeling well, about that. Yeah, and I mean, so speaking of that, though, mm-hmm. there are new people coming to Masterclass all the time. I want to be clear about that. People, as they stop me on the street. I'll be sitting there, you know, in line at the coffee shop getting a coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they'll be like, mm-hmm. Dan, I'm worried about this. And I'm like, what? And they're like, the oh, ma- no. Masterclass, are they adding any new content? Is there anything new showing up? Because, like, I feel like oh, there isn't. And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, yeah, I looked at it, and I, I just want to be sure there's new... They read all the books read, in the library. Right. Now they're saying, "Is are there any new so arrivals?" There are, yeah. and they're always adding more. There's Chef Roy Choi. Why well, I, I, I just Choi. like saying that? Roy, that's Choi. a good name. I love. It's got good on intuitive yeah. cooking. You got Bill Nye on science <laughs> and problem solving. I mean, with MasterClass, you're you got gonna Matthew Walker. Matthew Walker on how sleep works. Ooh, that's yep, like a yep, good yep. one. It's that Bill Weasley looking guy. You're going to learn from the world's best minds. You can learn anywhere, anytime. You learn at your own pace. And there's so many topics. There's stuff that's really applicable to like your regular life. But then there's things that you've always wondered about. I'm going to always use this one because it's one of my favorite. They got Dead Mouse on there talking about making electronic music. Like I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not going to make electronic music. But learning from him and his process and how he does it is amazing i learned so much watching that and it's so entertaining to just learn how these masters of their field are 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 doing their craft making their craft it's it's amazing you know i think one of the i i feel like i've said this before but i I mean it's worth i think it bears repeating i didn't invent this but like i i feel like um you'll hear me sometimes when i'm talking to my friends about certain kinds of topics like you know whether that's i think considering buying a synology uh, for example, is a good example of something where you you would really benefit from talking to somebody who's had one or more synologies because there's so many ways you can go wrong and a handful of ways that you can go right because you don't know enough to think about the future. But whatever it is, whether it's technology or anytime that there's an area where like somebody knows more than you do about it, I think one of the greatest values, one of the greatest gifts that we can give each other is is being able to take somebody through this array of like, is this a thing I need to know about? Is this a thing I need to learn about? Is this a thing that I need to learn to be able to do on my own or I should outsource or whatever? I think a lot of what we do is the, we, one of the things we can do as a friend is bear the cognitive load of helping um, somebody understand what they should pay attention to and the 10,000 things that they need not pay attention to. That's what expertise does. And if somebody can tell you worry, you know, when I say worry, but concern yourself more with this than all of those things. Like this seems important, for what you're doing, but like what the, what a master class uh, type presentation can do is is let you know the kind of stuff. Even if again you're not going to become an expert necessarily, but it's going to tell you like what you need to concern yourself with, and that's a gift. I love that, Merlin. It's such a nice. So, Thanks. So Thanks, here's Dan. the thing: I I, I would love I for our really listeners to go check this out. They're going to get unlimited access to every <clears throat> master class. Okay, that's the thing that they, that's the cool part. It's the amazing part. They get everything, and you're never going to click on something that says, no, you got to level up for that. They can, no. You need a higher no, armor class. No, no. Right? And they can watch on their Fiends. phone, the web, a smart Flues. TV, like anywhere that you are. Mm-hmm. And the way that they split this up, it's split up in these video lessons. They're like 10 minutes long. So you can go at your own mm-hmm. pace. It's just enough time to say, oh, you know what? I got to wait for my kid and the guidance counselor thing, whatever. You got 10 minutes. 
You know, you got mm-hmm. 10 minutes all the time. Guidance counselors are notoriously late. Sit down with Chris Foss, learn a little, a little, little bit about little negotiation. Roy Choi. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Roy Choi. Roy, Roy Choi. He's going to teach you about intuitive cooking. So this is what I want people to mm-hmm. do. They got to go to masterclass.com slash back to work. Masterclass.com slash back to work. They're going to get 15% off Masterclass. And it's going to be amazing. They're going to be blown away. They're going to be blown away by it. So I'm supposed to say that you are like a few times masterclass.com yeah they want you to, to not they specifically but the royal they um people people want you to say the url so much that it kind of seems like a prank sometimes that they're trying to see if they can get you to do it are we going to get to seven seven times do you think I, like three i already feel a little right. bit silly i try to mix yeah. it up sometimes i like to sing it i like oh, to sing you? the url yeah 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 give, give me uh give, give me the it's uh, masterclass.com slash back to work for 15 percent off masterclass Hmm. That's uh, see. I usually need the letters. In. That's M A S T E R C L A S. Oh, gee. That's M A S T E R C L A S S. Dot com slash more after that. All right. You know what? I'll work on it for next time. The, if they decide to come back, I'll try and have more. Maybe I can do something in Garage Band for them. I can. I, 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 I could use one of their lessons to learn, so I can make a film about it or 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 intuitive food about it it's masterclass.com slash what masterclass.com slash back to work 15 percent off oh that's us that's us yeah it really helps people discover the show yes masterclass.com slash back to work that's us and and you get in there you know what i'm saying thanks very much to masterclass for making this show possible thank Thank you masterclass um i was i saw this ai app that gruber mentioned and i've been playing with it all oh what is it what is it? What it, it's called? Uh, diffusion. Oh, I was messing with that thing too. I did. Um, I did one for Batman eating a pizza. It came out so oh. good. I think I should make that our cover art, unless you have something much, much better. Which I have a no, feeling. No, that I, you, you here's might. the ones I did. I, I, I was thinking of. Um, it's it's funny because there's something I thought of and something I hadn't thought of. What I thought of, you have to click it. Um, what I thought of was it'd be fun to do. Uh, what I really wanted was uh, if you ever heard that uh, there's a shoot there's a, a printmaker an artist in the uh 19th century called uh, aubrey beardsley early 20th century aubrey beardsley did those uh, uh you may know him best from uh, a line in a rod stewart song a beardsley print you know uh he uh he would do these great drawings in the like uh, oscar wildish era vera like very like not art deco but art nouveau maybe but anyway <clears throat> i was thinking uh yeah so i made a matt berry yeah, in the style, aren't those great? Look, look at the Hockney one. The David Hockney one really kind of looks like a David oh, Hockney. Yeah. Oh yeah, so good. These are great. Yeah. So tell people what this it, is and, and how they get it. I don't know what it is. It's an AI. It's it's like that thing we've all been seeing for you know a couple months now, where I guess AI trains on. I mean, you probably know better than I do. There are different ways that AI engines i guess are trained with a big corpus of data and then you can basically type text of something you would like to see the course the first one i did was ronald mcdonald crying and that turned out pretty good and um and then i did these other ones but the 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 key part is that with in this instance you don't even have to like uh, build or run make or anything it's just a, a mac binary that you run so you're not like if you got a fast computer, it runs pretty fast. Whereas, like, if you do this stuff on the web, if you play with it, it can sometimes be a little bit pokier timeout. How, 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 what do you know about it? Well, I mean, I just, it's, I it's just AI, know that right? there's these like AI machine learning system things, software application things that are online. They're on the web, and you go there and you type in some something weird, like you know, uh, Do- Donald Trump riding a camel. It doesn't camel. have to be. No, weird, it does have. But, it does have. But with, to be. with the support. Oh, it has to be weird. But with a, pr- a surprisingly minimal amount of direction, it can come up with something that's at least kind of surprising and hilarious a lot of the time. And and so these have been notoriously been super slow on the websites that they're on. Yeah. Or you have or like on a waiting list. Again yeah. Or yeah. And so then like you'll type something in and, 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 and then you'll wait. It's like five minutes go by and you have to try again. It's like it's a mess, right? It's a mess. It was like it's like running rails in the early <laughs> days. <laughs> exactly what it's like. And so... <laughs> Uh, as a result of this, people have been like, "I wish I could run this on my computer." So this is that's what this thing that you did that you taught you're talking about rather. That's what this thing does is it uh, it 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 handles 
I guess somehow it, it seems to be a local app. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Is it sending yeah, it anything to the web still? Uh, yeah, what's interesting, and Gruber mentioned this in his post about it, um, is that, I don't know, see, I'm about to say something dumb. But like, for example, like I've been having trouble lately, dis- despite the, the wonderful uh, Ruby on Mac app that I'm now obsessed with, I've been having trouble getting some stuff running and my brew's a little screwed up. And a lot of my install stuff is messy because partly of running betas, like um, Homebrew, I guess somewhat notoriously doesn't support uh, betas of stuff. <clears throat> and, but like, oh, and my Python's a little screwed up right now. So anyway, this is, I want to say, oh, hmm, not, not like Docker exactly, but it's like an all-in-one, like you don't need to install anything. Right. You just, yeah, like, yeah you don't need a Docker, you don't need anything else. You just download the DMG. Right. But here's something it's interesting right. about it. I had not updated yeah. <clears throat> Mac OS to whatever the latest, greatest was. I was at like 10.5.2 one i don't know and it needs like 10.5. something else to to run so just you know bear that in mind you might have to upgrade but it's worth it batman eating a pizza yeah this is a good one this is uh you probably haven't watched this but there's a show my family loves called our flag means death on hbo and uh my, my original beardsley print idea was for uh uh, Reese Darby, who's an actor from New Zealand that you've probably seen in things like uh, Flight of the Concords, and uh, he's on Our Flag Means Death. I wanted a Beardsley, Beardsley print of him. I'm tooting this out, and I will send it to you. But if you just... Uh, <laughs> this is going to sound like such an odd thing to say. If you have some time to kill... Um, but, you know, it's just, it, is, it is a lot of fun, and it is, like in its own way, you know, kind of like a fun, creative thing. I don't understand a lot about how AI works. Most of what I know about um, the blockchain, I learned from an episode of the talk show I've talked about before uh, with uh, Glenn Fleischman. The first time I oh, ever yeah. like, kind Glenn, of Glenn that. the Beast Fleischman. I'll tell you, man, he, I still subscribe to his whatever it is. Is it Mac 911? But like I still read his posts are still so good. Um, so like I don't that that doesn't mean that I really understand every nuance of blockchain, Bitcoin, you know, cryptocurrencies. That that at least gave me a grounding to understand. And pretty much all I know about AI, I think I'll find this for notes, notes, notes. Is um, CGP Gray did a, did a, a explainer video on this, and I'll, although I'll s- almost certainly get this wrong, the way I understood it was that like. You just, it's sort of like a deliberate file drawer effect where you train AI to do something. And like, if it's not doing the thing that you wanted, you throw that one out and you keep making AIs. I don't know, something like that. Have you heard about that explanation? Like how it actually no, works? No, I mean, because our, our mind, I mean, you don't have to be a programmer to have this kind of mind. Like, just being a person, like, you, how is, what is the difference between like formally telling something what you want and, you know, sort of like, um, no, I don't know, I guess the way you could order like coffee from a robot or whatever versus something that can like synthesize information to figure out what it is that you want because it's an AI. Like I, I don't understand how you make that. I'll find it for notes though. CGP Grey does, uh, I find myself sometimes craving a CGP Grey video. He, he explained if you're having one of those weeks where you're really into the royal family, mm, you, uh, uh, I'll also find for notes, 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 notes. I'll also find uh, when he, uh, he, he explains uh, the, like basically the English line of like who was monarch and how it happened, which is surprisingly exciting to watch. <laughs> Um, we could talk about sleep. What did I send you? Oh, I haven't sent that yet. Here you go. Here's Reese Darby. Yeah. Oh, I should find that Ronald McDonald for you too. Oh, you probably love to see Ronald cry. Um, so these are the one. Oh, oh, oh here's Richard. Richard. So Richard, Richard Nixon. Here's Richard Nixon dressed <laughs> as a, as an 18th century dandy. So by adding the word print, that's what's making it look this way. Well, that's the thing is like, I, I think in some cases, more specificity, I think really helps. Like when I was trying to make these, what <laughs> so we, when I was trying to make, make these, what we do in the shadows yeah. ones, um, that I, I couldn't tell how much it helped from like, I obviously like Gustav, Gustav Klimt, like everybody's seen, especially the kiss, although he did other work guys read another book. But, um, so like between, uh, I don't know how to say the woman's name, uh, Nadja, um, um, you know, images of her, there's plenty enough, but it's the climped part that makes that look so climpty. And Hockney, I guess, you know, 
the caricature one, I could not get anything good of Colin Robinson. I was, I was, um, I, I, I was uh, thinking for Colin Robinson, it'd be funny. <laughs> I always get confused. There's Tom's of Maine is the toothpaste, <laughs> and Tom of Finland <laughs> is the drawings of uh, Hunky Gay Man. Okay. I'm pretty sure. And I kept trying to get a good uh, Tom of Finland of Colin Colin Robinson, which uh, never happened. But I did get this which looks like a charcoal drawing of someone in prison who has a crush on <laughs> Oh, my God. That's horrible. This, that may be the worst. Well, it's... <laughs> that's it's like a, a cursed image. Horrible Have Colin. you ever... <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I, I enjoyed a lot of the Colin Robinson part of this season, but when we first saw him as the little kid, I found it very upsetting. Um, and Richard Nixon and Henry Starby. Okay, so... um. That's all of that. I'll put that in notes, notes, notes too. Dan, where would uh, people, if you wouldn't mind uh, sharing? Because uh, it's kind of a new URL that I'm still learning. Yeah, you're still, uh, where you're still people... figuring that one out. Well, it's confusing because I like ATP style links personally. What are those? How do those work? ATP.fm slash one, two, three. Yeah, that's... um. Uh, ours does, does ours do that yeah, with Dr. Limo? But like when our the the per, the people who provide for our uh, the Dubai Friday podcast, it's got episodes in it now, which I oh, so like. it'll be like Dubai Friday dot whatever slash something like that, yeah. But, but Dan, this is episode five eight nine of your Back to Work program. If if you can say in as much as you are uh, legally or for OPSEC reasons able to say, where would people find show notes for episode five eight nine of your Back to Work? Oh, they're going to go to Back to Work Limo slash five eight nine. Hmm. I mean, I think that's, with that? that's the recommended. It must have been the, uh, It must style. have been from like a hover ad or something at some point. We were talking about the dot limo. Yeah, PLTs. that's what it was. But I mean, it, it's perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, it works for me. Dot limo. Was there that much demand for no. that? Do you think? No. Mm -hmm. Um. Sleep is a funny thing, Dan. How's your sleep? In general? Pretty pretty horrible. Remind me. Well, tell me what's horrible about it. And I feel like since we're talking about sleep for the first time in a little while, we could cover some things we've covered before, like your uh, your our paleo lighting mm, scheme and things mm. like that. T talk a little bit about sleep, what it means for you, and uh, how you feel like you do at it. Well, um, please. Uh, so, I mean, I've always had sleep issues. I've always had essentially been in, in, an insomniac ever since I can remember. There mm -hmm. are stories that my mom will tell me when I was two years old that I refused to nap and she would come in anytime and I would be just sitting or standing in my crib wide awake, never, never sleeping. That sounds very upsetting. And I remember nap time. Were you staring dead ahead? Like, like a thousand like, yards like, stare. Like a, yeah, yeah. Well, not like, like you'd been, been in the shit. shit. But, no. But like... <laughs> But I was thinking more like, were you in the shit? I was in the shit. Um, but me, I was thinking more like a, like a zombie kid. Not a walker or a biter or a geek, but, you know, a, a not, but at least like, like possessed, like, a, like, a, like an exorcist. I, you weren't crying. No, I would just be staring at the door, I guess. I don't know. She didn't. Maybe you were in the maybe. shit, man. Maybe, I, you know, because it was up. like I was born in like 72. I could have been like, a, you know, reincarnated. You, you uh, might have been a Marine yeah. baby. So... Yeah, people don't talk about no. it, but it was. I saw a YouTube video about it. All the babies that they sent to Vietnam secretly. Right, uh, the babies. Mm -hmm. So, I have always had these uh, issues. I don't know why. And now, as an adult, I resist sleep as hard as possible. And when I finally do go to bed, I do it way too late, uh, and I I have to wake up early, especially when I'm taking kids to school. Uh, and so, I just don't get enough sleep. And I don't let that stop me. I still work full days. I still train in the gym. I still do all these other things, but I just, mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't like it. And I'm always, you know, and, and it's funny, you'll talk to people who have maybe in their life had one, maybe two nights where they didn't sleep very well. And right. Maybe somebody's sick or something, but it's almost like talking to the classic. And now my classic is always trying to talk to people who don't procrastinate about procrastination. Right. It's very, it's very difficult. I mean, even to the most empathetic person, it's difficult to understand because it's so counterintuitive. Like, why don't you just do that thing? And it's like, yeah, why don't I? Like, maybe, maybe we're different. And for people who like, there are people like, <laughs> just like there are people who don't realize how easy their kid is that you kind of can't help but envy, if not hate. Like when you've got, if you've got like a, as they say, a colicky baby, right? Which I didn't have. But if you've got like a kid who's a real pain in the ass, you kind of can't help be a little bit envious of people who don't realize how good their kid is, 
right? They're like, oh, last night was so crazy. We, we didn't get Dexter down until 7.15, and he only slept till 9.30 a.m. And you're like, ugh, ugh, I hate you. I, I hate how lucky you don't realize you are. <laughs> and I think it's like that with sleep. I think there are people, on the one hand, what you're saying, very true. I think there are a lot of people who don't, People who sleep okay or don't suffer from sleep mm-hmm. problems. Oh, and then, and then they always they always have advice. This is the funny thing for you. It's not the people with insomnia who have advice. This is why for I only you. take advice from people yeah, with you the need same to, problem you, right. I have. You, if yeah. you go, I don't want advice from people who think they're good at something. I want pe- people advice from people who, who know, know they're, they're terrible, terrible or have struggled and overcome. That's my career, it. right? Dude. Right. I'm a, I'm a public. Yeah. Mess. See, and then and so if if other if other people associate with that, and then of course they want your advice. Like, but honestly, in all seriousness, like you have ADD. I want yeah. advice from right. you if I had ADD. I don't want advice from the person who's never had it. That's one of the nicest things Syracuse ever said about me, I think, back there when the book thing was blowing up. And I think he said it on your program. But, you know, he had some, you know, he had some good, like, pointed questions to give me a, a opportunity to answer. But, like, he also said something that I still think about, which is, like, if you... <laughs> I'm going to put this in my words. If you're screwed up how I am, you'll benefit more from my advice than from... Or like financial advisors who are successful. I get how that's a good way to sell financial advice to people who would like to have more finance. But it's I don't think it's always a good if whether it's Dave Ramsey or Susie Orman or whomever. Like if to be like this person who's like massively, I don't know if that is necessarily what's most useful for somebody who really struggles, you know, basically. Like if you if you have trouble getting to sleep every night of your life, right? Here's some big ones. Uh, and I, I, I didn't want to avoid dear you, but when you say you've had sleep problems, some people have a really hard time falling asleep. Mm-hmm. Well, some people, let's go further back. Some people have a really hard time like going. Right. To there's sleep. falling asleep. There's waking up in the night. There's waking up but, too early. But even early. before that, though, the, the going to oh, sleep. Oh, the process of, of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But which I just mean, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be cute about this, but like there are some people who may not even realize, like, oh, maybe I'm a night owl and that's when I like to do things or my, I get a second wind after dinner and that's the time I'd like to be doing this thing. But I fight that because, you know, the culture of the, the implicit culture of the alarm clock with which we all live. But, so, I mean, you can't go to, well, normally you don't go get to sleep until you've gone to bed. I, I guess you could you know, fall asleep on the couch or whatever. Then, like you say, then the, some people have trouble falling asleep. Some people have trouble staying asleep. Some people have trouble where if they wake up, they can't get back to sleep. And I, but like my old boss used to have, it's one of those things where like, I'm only now getting more comfortable talking about trauma as something that we mm-hmm. all have rather than something that only like Anne Frank had. Like I, I don't want to cover myself in glory, but I, my life is improving as I'm able to talk more about right. trauma that I've had in my life. Right. right? Um, and I, for a long time, I always thought insomnia, <laughs> I thought insomnia was like, Oh, it's hard for me to get to sleep a couple of times a month. But my boss, like every night he would wake up if he could get eventually the, the, that step zero going to sleep he eventually didn't want to go to sleep because he has that kind of true insomnia mm-hmm. where the insomnia means more than i can't sleep right. for people who are chronic insomniacs and i'm not trying to freak anybody out because i know this can be triggering for people who are chronic insomniacs there's a something that you go through in your mind and it varies from person to person but it will God, I read such a good article about this, probably in the New York Times 15 years ago. But there was basically the best way I heard it explained was like what a lot of insomniacs go through is like replaying stuff in your head that keeps you awake. And it's like, it could be stuff and the classic being like, it starts with all the stuff that you've done wrong, all the things that you regret. And eventually that turns to like all the people who've like harmed you and you can't do anything about it. And then like, and then the sun is starting to rise and you're like finally ready to fall asleep. But in the same way that it took me a while to get okay with saying trauma after knowing how my boss had had like real insomnia, I usually, you know, (laughs) I dialed it down, but those are all things that, that affect people. And the worst part of it for a lot of people, myself included for a, a long period of time is that you actually start to develop anxiety about 
falling asleep so that you kind of work yourself up. So you're like, Oh my God, yeah. am I going to be able to do this? Am I going to be able to sleep? I haven't slept in three nights. And it was this going to be like, what am I going to do? What's the day going to be like? What's tomorrow going to be like? Will I be able to do this? I'll have to cancel this. And you actually get into a state of like anxiety, which is of course not helpful to falling asleep either. And, and then, Absolutely you know, you talk not. to somebody who doesn't have a sleep problem about it. And they're like, well, you, you ever tried sleeping on your back? Oh, you know what? In 49 years, I never thought to try to just sleep on my back. You know what? I'm going to try that tonight. I bet it's going to fix my problem. Hang on. You're telling me you sleep better when you sleep? You, you sleep on your back. Just so I understand. You sleep on your back. On your back? But where do you, where you like in a bush or no, in my bed? Whoa. Oh, wait, hang on. Hang on. But doesn't your head touch the bed? I got a pillow. You must sleep great. That's a really right, good a idea. Set. Good sleep hygiene there, buddy. Yeah, so you're procrastinating. Why don't you just do it? Oh, shit. Yes, that's I what I'll do. I should have thought of it. I should just, ah, dang it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but you know, there's a, there's a whole science yeah. to sleep, and some people are wired different. Some people need more sleep than yeah. other people. Yeah. I come. And there's a lot of science. There's a lot of, there's some science. There's science facts. There's science advice that, but there's a, also a ton of science mm. lore that gets, or like sleep mm. lore that like gets knocked down every few yes. months. And like, there's, there's so much mythology out there and to, like on top of the whole, like lay on your back, there's also people quoting to you, like, you know, I don't know. It's, it is, it is funny to, and nothing, no shade, no lemonade. People are trying to help or they're trying to brag. Uh, but like, you know, offering advice to somebody for a problem you've never had uh, is a good chance to take a beat and ask whether you really have a lot to offer on that. One time I went into uh, before before things like <laughs> CBD existed, which is why very... don't poor people just move? <laughs> right. What, what? You know what? You know, that <laughs> guy, that guy that doesn't why they live in poor black neighborhoods. Why don't they move? Right. The guy, he doesn't have any money. Why doesn't he just get a job? Just get a job. Like, so why stupid. are you living in a tent? Oh, you, you know what? Hey, you don't make enough money at your current job. Just get a better yeah. one, dummy. Just get That's a better job that pays That's more what money. I, I got just went and got a better job. Just do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm putting a book into show notes. Uh, How to, to draw adorable. How to draw adorable. Um, this one is one I've been, um, I've, I've been reading. I've been, I've been listening to, uh, often as I fall asleep, uh, is by a, a guy called Robert Wright and it's called why Buddhism is true. And he, um, I've been kind of jumping around, but the, he's pretty funny. He's a funny writer, but the, the gist of, of the book is, so he's a guy who's mostly interested. His most, I think his best known book is about, um, straight up about, uh, evolutionary biology and psychology and so evolutionary psychology, I think, is kind of his beat. And he, it's, I don't know, I, 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 I'm not listening to this slash reading this in order to be, you know, persuaded that a little bit of science sauce makes Buddhism more valid. But if you were that sort of person, this book might be interesting to you. Talking about, let's get right to the nut of this. Buddhism addresses a basic disconnect in the way that natural selection has caused us to be mm. that a lot of, a lot of things that make, and now I sound like you <laughs> 150 people around a fire. You're not supposed to, you're supposed to eat elk once a week. Um, but the, um, but like the, the way that our ancestors evolved, uh, the, 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 the things that natural of, and I'm trying to be careful about this because you want to be careful not to say evolution caused, caused this as though it's some kind of a visible hand mm. I mean, and he covers, he talks about this in the book, like, you know, natural selection, let's call it natural selection. Natural selection is just a way of like, the, your genes are more likely to get passed on if you have these traits. Mm -hmm. And it's not something you get to pick up over a Labor Day weekend. Also, that just passed. Put away your white shoes and your ambitions title. Um, but, but, uh, but no, but what you, but for example, and, and this is covered also in, a, in it's so interesting. This is also stuff that's in that wonderful trauma book. I love the body keeps the score. Like, you know, I go to this area, this in the trauma book, he has the example of, you can imagine a paleolithic person saying, Oh, every time I go to this place, I find food and the lion doesn't kill me. So I have a good feeling about this place. Like, every time I've gone to this place, there's no food and the lion wants to kill me. And now I really, I'm freaked out about going there because that's where the lion wants to kill me. Right. That's, that is a way that like learning, okay, why do we like sweet food? Sweet food is high in calories and it's here where the lions aren't. And why do we have trauma? We get trauma because we imprint on something as a way that natural selection is, is helping us to fear something that's dangerous to us. And, but like all of the different kinds of things that get encoded, all the different things, you know, that natural selection has selected for 
the way to get our genes passed on in the future, like those do not all benefit us by a long shot. And you create a lot of what you and I've called the seven dwarfs of bad emotion. You're going to get a lot of anxiety. You're going to get a lot of fear. And in my case, how's anxiety different from fear? Well, anxiety is all the stuff I worry about that maybe isn't a thing, but even if it is a thing, it's not happening right now. But that is in part, probably a function of, at least in part of natural selection Mm -hmm. of like, you know, uh, you know, he gives the example of like when you're, if you're walking around in the woods and you thought you saw a snake and in a place where there were lots of snakes, like that's really, that makes a lot of sense. But you know, if you're Dan and you're trying to like anticipate spiders, like or <laughs> or conjure them, uh-huh. um, so I just want to recommend this book to people because I, I think it might be useful for thinking about sort of some of the stuff we're dancing around right now. Why Buddhism is true, right? Um, and ironically enough, I do listen to it usually as I go to sleep, and then I try to figure out where I fell asleep and I go back. But um, what did that have to do with what you were saying? The sleep thing is. Oh, so anyway, uh, this is this he, but he does get into the word. You know, that word, that word that is not exactly, you know, Buddhism doesn't translate very well to English is a, is a theme that I'm getting. But the thing, you know, life is suffering. Well, my favorite description of that concept is not that life is suffering, but that life is like the wobbly wheel. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's about a sense of it's difficult to settle in and be happy about anything. And like, I think the sort of like Sunday morning funny paper version of Buddhism I originally learned was like, life is suffering, everybody's sad. And then you sit and think about how life is suffering. And it's like, well, I know I think the more like, if you want to think about it even somewhat therapeutically, not totally, you know, uh, spiritually, mm. but a certain, from a certain therapeutic uh, standpoint, uh, the point of Vipassana or, you know, mindfulness-ish, uh, mindfulness-ish meditation is isn't just to like focus on a candle. It's not to listen to the singing bowl. It's just to be there and notice the things and draw your attention back. And hey, surprise! Here's some surprises. They're going to spoil meditation for you. Like counting your breaths is a MacGuffin. Like there's a lot about meditation that's a MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. Being bad at meditation that's a MacGuffin. That's it's in some ways that's the point. It's like being bad at meditation is what meditation is, right. and that's why you do it. You don't do it to get better at it. You do it because you are bad at it. And that, that if I hadn't told you that, you probably wouldn't even try a second time, you know? And I, um, but what you're describing or what my boss went through is so real, or what I feel as an anxious person is that there does not have to be a reason. There doesn't need a reason. (laughs) (laughs) There, There doesn't need to be a cause that you could rationally explain to people to make your mind take you to places where you'd prefer not to be. And so sometimes that means you lay in bed and you're like, you're feeling that maybe you feel your heartbeat. Like you have certain locations, you notice things, everybody's got like their danger zones where they like go, oh yeah, I can tell I'm tense because of this feeling or whatever, you know what I mean? But like, and that can lead to, why why is that that step zero so important? Well, it's difficult to get to bed if you're feeling a resistance, like you're, or in my parlance, you feel bad about feeling bad. You don't want to, you're, you're bracing for like, oh, I don't want to go to bed and be bad at it anymore than I want to meditate and be bad at it. And like, I don't have an easy solution for that, but I do, given a little bit of stuff like my own sleep experience, the stuff with the Buddhism, kind, of, I do have some ideas for how to reframe that, that I think can be more wholesome, but as ever, take it with a grain of salt. I'm not saying I'm good at it. I am, in fact, bad at it. But being bad at it has given me lots of opportunities to try different things and see which things work and which things don't. And ultimately, to realize the big take-home is like, this is one night. It doesn't... The, this, the world from the, you know, really, from, from India to Greece, like, you know, like Heraclitus says, you never step in the same river twice. And in some ways, you never, you're never having the same sleep twice. Who knows what it'll be? But you've got to unhook and eventually try to unhook from that idea that you are bad at this, that it is going to be terrible, that it is going to be potentially traumatic. And that takes a reframing of how you think about sleep. Um, and really, that's why I said at the top, like, wow, I think it's a, a broader praxis for approaching any kind of self-improvement for at least for myself. I can only speak for myself. I benefit from that kind of openness to a more expansive view of something. Mm-hmm. And, you know what I mean? Black yeah. and white thinking, it, it's, 
it's real. Like where you go like, oh, I suck at this. I can't do this. I, you know, and therefore I fear it. Therefore I have anxiety about my fear of it. And pretty soon you've built up this entire, like, I don't know, this pile of all of these feelings on top of other feelings. And whether it's about sleep or it's about procrastination or it's about any of those kinds of things, I think it is wholesome to give you, I sound like such a fruit, but like it's wholesome to give yourself not just permission, but a mandate to think about how you can reframe this instead of making everything into something that you're, you're terrible at and must be punished for. And you're doing a great job doing that to yourself. And I'm not saying you have to be Pollyanna with the graveyard, any of that. But what I am saying is that like, there's something he talked, uh, Robert Wright talks about this in the book. He talks about how terrible he is at Buddhism. And, but he also talks about the first time he went to a retreat, a multi-day retreat. He was doing, he was, he thought he was the worst meditation person at this entire thing. And this one day he'd had too much instant coffee that mm. he brought with him mm-hmm. and he was real jittery and it was, it took everything that was terrible and then made it so much worse. But he had that thing where he like wanted to like, kind of like grind his teeth and like biting down on his jaw. But it was that, it, I'm not saying this is like a Satori thing. I'm just saying he went, oh, I get it. When I pay attention to my breath, but allow room for that jaw clenching to be here and not be mad about it. Oh, I guess maybe that's kind of the point of mindfulness is like, I don't need, if the room is silent, that can be useful because it helps me calm my mind. But if the room's not silent, I'm not going to get mad at myself that I keep noticing horns honking. Hmm. Because tell me if I'm wrong, but noticing the horns honking is why you're there. To to gently sort of note the horns honking, gently note how you feel about it. But like, this is not a high stakes you know, like gladiator tournament that you've got to win. And whether that's sleep or in this instance, meditation or asking for a raise or talking, having an awkward conversation with somebody like there's all this stuff where it really helps you benefit from starting from the idea that all the mistakes and all the bad times and all the trauma and all those things are all real, but like they don't have to define how today goes or how tonight goes. So anytime you're trying to improve at something, this is really, really difficult because it's it's arguably like you get to the center of it is like I need to not be quite as difficult on myself in this way. And maybe that becomes part of your practice, right. whether that's of sleep or meditation, which sure. is you take you take note of the angry dad voice in your head. <laughs> you know, but like it doesn't mean it doesn't have to define who you are. You know, you you're like calm in the kitchen on on bear, on the bear. You know, it's like her chef. Like, I, I heard you, angry dad voice. My dad's been dead since 1974, and he was never angry. Um, he was angry once when they screwed up our order at a chili place, but that's the only time I, I ever saw my dad angry. But the point is, I am still perfectly capable of generating an angry dad voice in my head. Oh, yeah. Of the, of the as, as I've come to talk about it, the person who tells you you're scared of, you're scared wrong, you're scared of the wrong thing, you're, you're, you're disappointing wrong title um but that's a that's an overarching tip for stuff in general it's not a tip it's just a way to run your goddamn life is to just not every like not everything has to be like high stakes and feeling bad about how you feel is optional feeling bad in life is not optional feeling bad about feeling bad is utterly optional right it's 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 soul crushingly optional because it's nice to think that we were made this way and the world owes us. As, as uh, Morrissey says, the world, uh, the world owes me a living. But um, anyway, that's some thoughts on that. I don't know. I don't know if that helps, but I think it hurts less. It hurts less. I was going to say, it came, might not help, but it doesn't hurt. It hurts less. Yeah. We can be really hard on ourselves. How long have we been recording, Dan? I can't even tell what this cock oh, made me happy. Yeah, is. yeah. We have been recording for 54 minutes. Oh, geez, Louise. Okay. Um... Oh, and, but the, the, the well, uh, can you want me to just talk a little bit more and then we'll be done? Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, here's, I love that. Here, here's my thought on this, and I'm not a in anything. I'm barely a podcaster, but um, I have a thought on this, and I, I mentioned this in the, the Wisdom Project. Uh, people talk about catching up on sleep, like you were joking about, oh, or whatever, like, right. oh, you're catching up on sleep. Right. And it's like, uh, I used to think about that a lot, but. Uh, when I was younger, well, first of all, and again, part of the document, it isn't until you're no longer young that you realize that youth is an anomaly. You, you are virtually incapable of realizing that until you are no longer, quote unquote, young. 
Right. And that's when you realize, you know, all the, the, the gifts and uh, blessings of youth, um, you may not even notice that they were there really until they're not. Um, and that could be things like, you know, food I can eat and how I sleep and like, you know, my motivation for things and all that kind of stuff. But, um, um, I think, I think when you're, when you're looking at this kind of stuff, it's, it's easy to slip into that angry dad voice. It's, it's, it's almost like way too easy for you to like, or in my case to think like what, what Alex and I have come to call the chicken problem. Mm. Like I'm so, I am so fortunate and privileged in so many ways and I really am trying to be more aware of not just that I have privilege, like that's not useful on its own, but how I've unintentionally taken privilege. I, I just happened. I grew into, I lived with, like I had taken that for granted for so long and that's a really crappy way to be, but that's for myself. That's not, I'm not saying that for clapping. That's, but the, so it doesn't benefit me to say like, Oh, I'm not allowed to have problems. I'm certainly not allowed to talk about having problems, you know, all that kind of stuff. There's, there's some voice that is in my case, like maybe like kind of this chorus that has like a running commentary on things. But when you're young, you don't need to worry so much about ca- quote unquote catching up on sleep mm. because you're, you're, you just you're, bounce back so fast. You're Peter Parker, man. Right. Like, or Wolverine, like you're Logan, you, you heal fast and right. Don't you, don't you think you recover from stuff and you might feel sick for a while. Like, like when I had mono, like I was, I really was hating life, but like I came back from that. Um, so you don't need, it's one of those things though, where you don't need to fret about it until you need to fret about it. You never thought you needed to learn about writing things down to help you remember things. You never thought you needed any, oh, your old pal Merlin had lots of tips to prepare you for middle age and you blew it all off because you're smart and everybody, all those old people are dumb. Well, that's okay. That's okay. Cause we all do that. We all do that. We all blow it off. The problem is though, that then at a certain point, uh, at a time uh, that is a time uncertain in each of our lives, you suddenly are like, oh, now you've got a job or you've got a kid and a job or, you know what I mean? All those kinds of things right alongside the fact that you may slowly be realizing you don't bounce back. You're no Logan mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. You're no Peter Parker. Right. And so then you, what do you need to do? You got to catch up on sleep. Oh man, I'm so whipped. I got to catch up on sleep. And then, like, not to make a straw man out of this, but I think it's not unusual for somebody who had terrible sleep on Tuesday to think they can catch up over the weekend. Now, this is where it gets extremely unscientific. This is just my own observation, again, per the document. I My guess would be that you have, I think my guess is, uh, I'm going to say, I'll say less than 40 contiguous hours in which to catch up on sleep. If you, you know, had to get up early, go to you went to bed late and you had to get up early, that's that, my basic thing for that, I'll take a nap that afternoon. If you're a nap, can't do a nap. And on some people, naps take practice. We have to talk about this. I have, can't get my wife to understand that naps take practice and there's no shame in practicing naps, but they do take practice. Um, you have to get good at it. You have to learn to follow like what your body's telling you and like that there's thoughts that you will have when you're at this stage of falling asleep and start to notice those. And I have a whole thing on this, but, but well, the, and again, not to make a straw man, but when people say catching up on sleep, uh, that's why I say about 40 contiguous hours. You've got about, you know, you've got less than two nights mm-hmm. in which to catch up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'll I'll buy the fact that if well, you don't what get happens sleep, after that, well, like, say you're in crunch mode and you've had two days in a row of pretty disrupted sleep. I think you still have some time to like. I mean, when we say you, well, you have to, you have time to catch up. You have time not to catch up. But what we talk about when we talk about catching up? Well, part of that is I feel rested. But like I think there is an implication against here comes the science spray title is the science spray of like oh yes but you know we I've read all these things in the New York Times Sunday Magazine about this restorative power of sleep and you gotta not look at you know blue lights after seven thirty p.m. and like all that kind of stuff um, but but I mean. <laughs> You know what this really, really, really reminds me of? No shade no lemonade, but I've owned a bunch of air cleaners and air filters, some better than others. My current go-to, I've got a few that I use, but you know, the thing is I've had really, really costly ones. We had a sponsor on here that was extremely costly, uh, air filter. I've used Coways, I've used Dysons, I've used lots of these different ones, but you know, the thing they all have in common is there's at least some kind of fan and at least some kind of filter. And the idea is I've done run all kinds of tests where like, you know what I mean? Like where I've, I've put the air quality things next to it. I've like, I've, I'm no wire cutter, but, but I've, I've dived uh, fairly deep on this. 
And you know what the truth is? Mm. Uh, not one of them can come close to opening the windows on a clear day. Not not a smoky day, a foggy day, a gross day. But like on, on your typical, like all other things being equal in your biome, there's no air filter that I've seen, a consumer air filter, air cleaner, that comes anywhere close to just opening your goddamn windows. Opening your windows airs your house out. And oh, guess what? Now your, your, uh, your air filter doesn't have to work as hard, I guess. Ha ha. But like, I would not use that as a substitute for opening your windows. And that's kind of how sleep is. Like there's no substitute for sleep. You can fake it with a shower or some coffee or some uh, Dexedrine or like whatever. But like getting a better relationship with sleep means not just that sort of end stage of getting good sleep consistently, because mm-hmm. who knows, but it's almost like being an alcoholic where it's one day at a time. You, every day, and then consequently every night, like you may have a good day, you have a, may have a bad day. And it seems impossibly subtle and impossibly difficult, but I think one of the most valuable things you can do is to not worry so much about whether you're going to get good sleep tonight. You do, do the smart things. Do. I, I think so. I do, I do think so, uh, Dan, because the, like, like you've just described, you can build up your own, I mean, my word for this is anxiety, but one can develop a lot of unconscious, unconsciously motivated feelings that in the end are not helpful. They are in fact harmful, you know, whether or not that's because of natural selection, I don't know, but, but you know, there's some, something in you that is, is how you are. Hating how you are is not going to help it. And I don't have a way to tell you how to love how you are. But what if you didn't need a feeling about how you are is, a, is one idea. I know this is very, very, this is very hippie Northern California stuff. But ask yourself this in the same sense of like, oh, you know, do, do you really have something to add to this conversation? Well, well, does everything in your life have to have a feeling that you ju- add to judge about it? Mm-hmm. Maybe, but... I would say for me, uh, realizing I don't have to have a feeling, let alone an opinion, that, let alone an opinion that I share. I don't need to have a feeling, a thought, an opinion about everything. And I, and I don't need to have a strong feeling, thought, you know, uh, opinion about anything. What, the feelings about my sleep come down to like more of what I would call an intentionality, right? This is something we've been talking about on Do By Friday. What's the difference between goals, intents, and intentionalities? And mm-hmm. a, a probably non-existent difference to me is a goal is a state that you can imagine where you'd like to be. And an intentionality is the attitude that will help you get to where you'd like to be in a way that's effective and classy. And so like, I think a, uh, having a, a positive in- intentionality or a, you know, a practice is way more important than like, how, how do I convince myself that I, that I feel good about how I sleep. Well, it's just every day is a new day. And you'll keep having them until you don't. You're going to wake up every day for the rest of your life, and then you're going to die. So, like, what is the risk, really? What is the risk in bringing, bringing down the temperature on your feelings about those things? And again, I can't wave a magic wand and make you not have those feelings. But, you know, again, in the Why Buddhism is True book, which I apparently am recommending, he has a whole chapter about when to know whether feelings are quote unquote real. Right. As in, and I, I think he does an interesting job with this. Cause like with so many things in Buddhism, we struggle when we try to put it into words and pretty soon you sound like, you know, you sound like a, a French structuralist in the way that you're using different words in different ways. And like, you know, is it real or is it real? The difference, the difference, like all that kind of stuff. But, but realize in like, where did the feeling come from? And is it something that can't change because it's a load bearing feeling title? Mm-mm. There maybe oughtn't be that many load-bearing feelings in your life. That's and a we should one. stop there because yeah. that's a good place to we stop. Should stop there. You got anything? You got anything else that you want to talk <laughs> no, about? No, no, I don't want to. I don't want to overwhelm the listeners. No, no feelings, feelings. But like Mike Squire said, feelings are real. Feelings are real, but they don't define you. <sighs> Dan, yes. Let's button this up. Okay. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin Man. <laughs>